Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Kev Nalen. Hello, Kev. Hi, Paul. So, the 49ers opened the 2016 season at home with a dominant 28-0 win over the newly relocated Los Angeles Rams. With Blaine Gabbert under centre, the 49ers looked in control of the game in sometimes quite impressive fashion as well. What did you think of the game overall, Kev? It was a lot better than I was expecting it to be when I got up that time in the morning after I watched uh, it the following day. You mean you can't really complain about 28-0, can you? You can't. There's, uh, I, I, I don't think anybody watching, uh, getting up to watch that game could have even expected that, number one, we'd have a shutout against the Rams, and number two, we'd be so dominant as to score 28 points. Yeah, and looking at it from an initial view, don't see how it could have gone much better. Part, part of it, though, is a case of, yes, we played quite well, but the Rams were dreadful. And apart from the third quarter where their much-trumpeted um, front-seven defence actually played for a bit, uh, they did nothing all game, really. I mean, some of that was us keeping their um, offence under wraps. Very good dis defensive uh, display all the way through. Um but their offence was pretty poor. It was. Um, I uh, I put a post up on the Frequency 49 page on Facebook to, to sort of ask for people's comments on the game. I was thought, I thought, you know, I'd get half a dozen, maybe 10. 49 so far. So everybody, um, everybody's got their opinion on the game. We're going to go through some of those in a minute. So thank you all for sending those opinions in. Um, Stats-wise... Blaine Gabbert threw uh, 35 attempts, completed 22 of them for 170 yards and one touchdown. In comparison, Case Keenum was 17 of 35 for 130 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. With Gabbert, were you impressed with what you saw? Could Were you expecting more from him? It's difficult to say what you're expecting from him, but it wasn't a great display. Uh, I think that kind of display leaves the door open for continuing quarterback controversy all season if he's going to play like that. There are a lot of balls that were thrown short or overthrown. And again, there's a lot that weren't actually didn't actually go for very long. Mm. I mean, we didn't have that many plays over 10 yards. And if you take out the 35-yard 1-2 pattern, then his average... Completion, well, his average yard per attempt would be less than four yards. Yeah. Which is pretty appalling, really. One of the things I, I noticed watching the game, and uh, a couple of people asked if, if we had any negatives from the game. I don't want to say negative because, you know, we, we, the 49ers did so well in the game, but I'm going to go with room for improvement. And with Blaine Gabbert, one of the things I noticed, a lot of the passes, not only were they short, they were low as well. And we were losing potential yards after the catch simply because the receivers were having to bend down to grab the ball at their knees rather than getting it on the numbers and being able to turn and sprint. Uh, I think Quinton Patton missed out on possibly a 20-yarder simply because he had to stop short and bend down to grab the ball at his knees. That's something that Blaine Gabbert definitely needs to work on. His accuracy on the throws wasn't also wonderful, was it? Well, it wasn't, especially considering for the majority of the game, 
the offensive line held out really well and was giving him time to make plays. And he yeah. was, just wasn't quite making them. He wasn't quite completely at the races. I mean, he scrambled quite well and usefully at times. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some additional accuracy needed with his throwing. You brought up there about the offensive line. Um, they did do an absolutely fantastic job. They made holes big enough for Carlos Hyde to run buses through, never mind to run himself through. Uh, speaking of Hyde, 23 runs to 88 yards. Um, his longest was 18, two touchdowns as well. Pretty much a perfect game from Carlos Hyde, wouldn't you say? Uh, it was a good game from Carlos Hyde. Um, and I think probably Chip Kelly's offence is going to suit him quite well. Mm. especially if they're going to rotate and use the other running backs to keep the, the um, tempo of the game going. Let's take a look at some of the comments that have come in. James Little, we have an O-line, an actual O-line, I mean an offensive line, where, uh, where they block and create running lanes and everything. We just discussed that. Um, and it was great to actually see a 49ers offensive line doing what it is supposed to be doing. Uh, Rob Newell, the whole defense was immense. Overall, we won by 28, and there are things to improve, especially the passing game. Gabbert was okay, but the impact that Chip Kelly has had is obvious. This will be a better team than last year, just in terms of how they play. Uh, it was so good to see the Niners go and compete and overcome a defensive line like the Rams. They made the defensive line look like they simply weren't there, let's face it. Um, for a lot of the game, they did. Um, yeah, I think they must have had a rocket at half-time because they came out and played a lot better in the third quarter. But then they just lost the plot completely in the fourth quarter. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, we were gifted our fourth touchdown on Rams indiscipline and penalties. Yes, yeah. Uh, we had a 75-yard drive, but more than half of them were penalty yards. Uh, looking again at the stats, total number of first downs, 28. Third down efficiency was 8 of 17 attempts. Uh, total yards, 320, 150 yards rushing, 170 yards passing. Going back to the comments, uh, Simon Holdsworth, positives, defense. Uh, the pass rush was not reliant on Aaron Lynch. Buckner's range and Dial's bull rush stuffed Gurley and pressured Keenum. Uh, swarming to the ball was much improved. That was excellent to see. Um, Reed and Bowman were back to their best. The offensive line opened holes for Hyde, who needs to stay healthy, and gave Gabbert time to make plays. Negatives he's picked out, play calling. Play calling did seem a bit of an issue. Why the constant option and draw run plays? It seemed that Hyde got the ball from a standing start on most occasions and had to pick his way through. Uh, Simon would like to see him hitting the line at speed. It's a very good point, actually, isn't it? It kind of, it, it kind of always put Carlos Hyde on the back foot. Yeah, I, the thing that was making me laugh watching the fourth quarter with the, the um, play calling because it looked like we had a meerkat offence. <laughs> because they go to the line of scrimmage, they go to the line of scrimmage, set, then yep. all of them would turn, look over their yep. right shoulder. What's the play going to be? Oh, that was... And it that... was like every play. Yeah. It's like we've got a meerkat offence going in the fourth quarter. It, I've got a... That was hilarious. It's just they need to take the time to get used to the um, new system. Do you think that was more just taking time off the clock 
because it was the fact that it was every single play and it was in unison. It was it was basically garbage time by that point. Do you think it was more just something to do for the hell of it rather than they were actually looking for signals from the sideline? I think I think it was more that it was running down the clock, using as much yeah. clock as possible because it wasn't so much of a hurry up offense. Yeah, but it was just bizarre to watch. Also, quite funny. <laughs> we I I didn't watch the game till uh, the Tuesday night, so. M- m- myself and my son Michael, we were watching the game and we were just having a laugh and just calling out linemen's names and seeing if they all turned around and why they all turned around. It was great. <laughs> uh, back to some of the comments. Mark Lyon, positives for him. Uh, there's a huge difference now that they have a specialist pass rush. Uh, run defense was absolutely superb. Bowman is a monster. The movement to the inside linebackers before snaps was noticeable and a good ploy to fox the opposing QB. Looked organised and disciplined. Uh, speaking of discipline, just two penalties for, was it 10 yards on the game? Indeed. Yeah. A vast improvement on what we were saying week in, week out last season about poor discipline. It's like suddenly, yeah, it's clicked and, yeah, we were fine. Yeah, Rams had all the indiscipline, over 100 yards in penalties. Uh, negatives for Mark. Uh, Gabbert was inaccurate all night. Lots of low and high short throws uh, that gave the wide receivers no chance for yards after the catch. We just discussed that, uh, which is what our game is going to be predicted on. Gabbert's runs were great, but you can see how Chip Kelly always has to use two or three QBs through the season. There's a real risk of Gabbert's injury sooner rather than later, certainly if he keeps on running head first into players. Um, I noticed that he, he, he tended not to go for the um, not to go for the slide on occasion. And leaving himself open to tackle, that could uh, that could come back to haunt him later on in the season, don't you think? Well, it could do, yeah. I he only he only he seemed to stop doing it in the second half. So mm. He didn't seem to scramble at all in the second half. So all of that impact was in the first half. I don't know whether somebody had a word with him at half time. Yeah. But um, yeah, if he do, he does that and he goes head first then, yeah, he's going to cause himself an issue later in the season because people will just start taking shots. Uh, Andrew Mitchell, did we miss Bruce Ellington on punt returns? Do you think he's trying to start something there? <laughs> to, be, to be fair, yes, we had a lot of opportunities to punt return, but I think all the practice that the Rams punter has got, he was very good with his punts. They were high, they were hanging. The cover was there by the time uh, Curly got the ball. Yeah. But Curly did show that, given the bit of space, he's willing to have a go. And he's a very safe, safe pair of hands. Considering he wasn't even in the 53 when we did the last show, mm. he's come in, he was the main target for Gabbert on offence, and then he's, he's taken all the returns. Uh, looking back at uh, some of the advanced stats, it was the first season opener shutout in Niners history and the first since week four of the 2012 season against the Jets. Uh, the last time the Niners scored four TDs in a game was in December 2014. That was a 38-35 loss to the Chargers. The last time we won a game by 21 or more points was when the 49ers were in London to play the Jags. Overall, Kev, what sort of grade would you give that game? 
I'd probably give us a B. Um, there's room for improvement. Mm. We did a lot of things and a lot of simple things well. Um, but there are areas we need to tighten up. And it was against a very poor Ram side. Uh, if we had done that, pulled out that performance against uh, a slightly stronger team, then yeah, you're looking at that's a B plus A minus kind of outing. Yeah. Um, and we are going to have a much tougher game this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. We're going to be looking at that shortly. Um, we're combining uh, the review and the preview into one show this week because it was a Monday night game. Um, but what we're going to do now um, is we're going to take a look at the pick six, which, uh, Kev, you're looking after in association with Andrew. Um, so how did everybody do in the pick six this week? We had eight people get five out of six. So we had um, Dipak, Gavin Sutton, James Little, Keith Meredith, Mark Corn, Mark Nowley, Mike Graff, and Nathaniel James all got five. Seven out of those eight were stopped from being pick six by the Patriots overcoming the Cardinals. One of the guys had picked the Cardinals, but he picked the Saints in the um, first game of the day. So we had eight people with five. Uh, not a bad way to start the season. And we had a couple of people right at the bottom who got two apiece. Connor O'Reilly and Jordan McDonald, both of whom were high on the leaderboard, certainly on averages last season. So they're not such a good start this season as they have finished last year. And as for the other um, show members... Brian, yourself, and even me all managed to get four this week. Hey! It must have been a fairly easy batch of games, I think. <laughs> and my tie was only one point out. One point. In what was, there were a lot of close games this, this week. Okay, so week two, and we run the vote, and the votes are in, and the uh, picks are up on the Facebook page already. Um, the six games we've picked this week are... The 49ers at the Panthers, Cowboys at the Redskins, Bengals at the Steelers, Dolphins at the Patriots. So they're all the early kickoffs. Yeah. Then the uh, evening kickoff, we've got Seahawks at the Rams, and then we've got the um, the night game Packers at the Vikings. So apart from the 49ers Panthers, these are all division rivalry games. Mm. It should make um, things interesting. Yeah, very much so. So, uh, Paul, it's only you to give the picks <laughs> on air. All the pressure's on now, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. So, 49ers at the Panthers. Right, 49ers at Panthers. Uh, the 49ers are 1-0 on the season. The Panthers lost, didn't they, in uh, Denver last week. But the Panthers are not the Rams, and the Rams are not the Panthers. This is going to be a tough game for the 49ers. We've seen stuff that impresses us from the 49ers this week. Is it going to be enough to beat the Panthers in Carolina? Um, I'm going to have to go 49ers just because it's the 49ers. It's a hometown pick. So 49ers win. I don't care whether we win or lose. I'm picking the win. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm 
not going with the 49ers. You're going with the wise choice. I think it's one of those where, where I'm going to have to go with the Panthers. Yeah. I'd love to see the 49ers win, but I can't really see it after week one. Okay, so the next game is the Cowboys at the Redskins. Oh, can we pick neither? <laughs> I want this to be your. I want this to be your tie. Um, Cowboys are traveling away to Washington. The Cowboys came close to winning uh, against the Giants. Uh, I'm very glad they didn't it gave me one of my four points but i'm gonna have to go with the cowboys to win that game so you're going for the cowboys yeah yeah okay so two out of two i've gone the opposite way so i've gone for the redskins i think as they proved towards the end of the game last week cowboys like to find new and imaginative way to lose at the moment <laughs> so i'm sure they'll find something away at the redskins yep okay game three bengals at the steelers Ah, uh, that's got to be a home win for the Steelers, I think. Uh, nice, easy win as well. I've also gone for home win for the Steelers, mm. although that could get very tasty uh, after the hangover of the postseason game last year and the ejections and the um, other late hits and things that went on during that game. Mm. So that could get very entertaining. Game four, then Dolphins at the Patriots. Mm. I picked the Patriots to lose last week in Arizona, and and they came through and got the win. They're at home this week with the Dolphins coming into town. Do you know, I'm actually going to go for the Dolphins to win. You're going to go for the Dolphins? I am. I'm going to go for the Dolphins. Okay, I think you may be the only person who, who is at the moment, but uh, okay, I'm going for the Patriots. Yeah. Um, although it might be a bit closer than people expect it to be. So, game five, the Seahawks at the Rams. Okay, this game is not just a division rivalry for the two teams in it. It's a division rivalry for us as well. Um, we pasted the Rams all over the show. Um, the Seahawks won by the skin of their teeth um, on Sunday. They're going to go into the Los Angeles Coliseum and play the Rams. And I think the San Andreas Fault is going to win. This is a tie because both teams disappear into the San Andreas Fault. That's spooky because this is also my tie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's main, it's mainly because I think neither team are actually going to score. Because if, if the rumours are true and Russell Wilson might not make the game, then the Seahawks don't have anything resembling an offence. Yeah. They struggled to score 12 points against the Dolphins last week. Um, and if the Rams' defence come out and play like they did in the third quarter against us, yeah, this one could still be an old-fashioned 1920s and 30s nil-nil all over it. I wonder when the last time we had actually a nil-nil game. game uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but mm. it will be a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So, last game of the six is the Packers at the Vikings. That could be a very, very tasty game. Um, I'm going to go with the Packers on the road to win that one. But not by much. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. Yeah. I think, yeah, there were a couple of really good plays from Rodgers last week. 
but some of the official calling um, that they got in their favour last week was ridiculous. Mm. They should have lost a number of things against them. And the Vikings, their defence was pretty tasty last week. Um, they don't do a great deal going forward, but I think they might just squeak out a victory, yeah. Yeah. I think either way, that's going to be a very, very closely fought game. Um, there's not going to be much in it at all. As is the way when you've got a week full of um, divisional rivalry games. Yeah. Okay, should we take a look forward to the game that the 49ers are playing on Sunday? Okay. All right, so the 49ers are heading into Carolina um, to take on the Carolina Panthers, who, as we said before, they lost the first game of the season uh, on the road to Denver. So uh, they, they're going to be um, they're going to be desperate to get the first win under their belts. The 49ers, obviously, 28 no winners in the first game. Doesn't actually put the 49ers at the top of the NFL on uh, on points difference. I think it does, doesn't it? 28 point spread. It, it does, yes. Not not that it matters much after week one. Yeah, and we're we're top of quite a few defensive categories after week one as well. Yeah. So I think yes, it just goes to show that. Uh, you had a good result, certainly, at the weekend. Um, the Panthers lost by a point in um, a game where there was a lot of potential non-calls and hits on Cam Newton, mm. one of which got a fine later in the week. Yeah. And also an edict to um, do something about that from the officiating. I do worry about something like that coming out, especially considering we're playing them next. And the way some of the officiating has gone against us in recent years, you do wonder, are they going to try and even that one up a bit? And we're going to get called for things where they're overly protecting Cam. Mm. He, did, uh, he did get absolutely pounded in the game against the Denver Broncos. Uh, he was only able to complete 18 of 33 attempts, uh, but he still got 194 yards on those, compared to Blaine Gabbard's 22 of 35. Um, the Niners and the Panthers have met 18 times in the regular season. The Panthers lead the series 11 to 7. The last meeting was in the divisional playoffs in January 2014, when the Niners beat the Panthers 23-10. That was in Charlotte but it was also two years ago. This is a markedly different team to the team that went to the divisional playoffs in 2014. Um, but, you know, it's also a different team to what we saw last year as well. How close do you think this game could actually be, Kev? Closer than the bookies have it. So, apparently the opening line from the bookies is they make Carolina 13.5 point favourites. Um which is a pretty wide margin considering yeah. we're coming off the back of a 28-0 win and they're coming off the back of a defeat. Yeah. Even though, yep, they had the best record in the league last year. If you look at their last six games, they're only 3-3. Three and three. Do you think that the amount of time they've had to rest, because obviously they played last Thursday, so they're, they're going to be going into this game on something like 10 days rest? Whereas the 49ers played the latest game possible for week one. And they're going straight into week two as 
one of the first games. Well, it's actually the second game, isn't it, after, after the Thursday game. So the 49ers are going to have, have had nowhere near as much rest as the Carolina Panthers have had. Do you think that's going to play into it a bit, or is is rest between week one and week two overrated? That possibly will play into it, especially as we've come off the late-night game on the Monday. We're travelling to the East Coast, so you've got that three-hour time lag difference as mm. well, playing an early kickoff over there. Yes, there's a lot less rest time, there's a lot less preparation time. Um, there's probably it's much different offence to have to play against this week Yeah. as to the rubbish we played against last week mm. um, can we get can we manage to pick the game up and get the preparation correctly it's going to be difficult in the amount of time we've had but there was certainly from a defensive side there was certainly enough um, good indications that we can deal with blocking the run up front and we were certainly getting pressure on a quarterback that's, unfortunately, it's a quarterback that's nowhere in the league of um, Cam Newton for mobility. Yeah. He's just wondered, yeah. like, do you just, do you, in effect, man-to-man mark him and just say to um, Bowman, um, there's your targets? And just, just leave him to get on with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a thirteen and a half point spread, or that's that's what the bookies had it as. Uh, I can't see it being anything like that sort of a game. I can see this being within a touchdown, definitely, uh, possibly inside of a field goal. The difference between the two teams at the end of this game. Would you agree with that, Kev, or would you disagree? I think it'll be um, a one-score game, um, so a lot closer than the thirteen and a half, and I I think. They'll just have too much at home on an extended rest. Yeah. And with something to prove after losing their opening game of the season. Well, the game's going to be on 6 o'clock UK time uh, on Sunday evening. So it's going to be a nice early game for us all to watch after the 3.30 in the morning debacle that was the game against the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) Um, We will have a game day thread going. So make sure that you all get involved in that. It's, if, if you've not been involved in one before, um, join up to the group and we, we just discuss the game as it's going. It's always very, very active and you're all welcome to join in the game day thread. Uh, that's it for this episode of the show. Thanks to AudioNautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell for his continued work on the Wide Right blog. If you haven't read that yet, make sure you go and read it. They are fantastic blogs. Thanks to James Little for running our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Thanks to our researcher, Mark Lyon, for completing the stats for today's show. And special thanks to Graham Ross, who I'm ashamed to say I forgot to add to the credits last week for his work as our show editor. So apologies for that, Graham, and thank you for the work that you're doing. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook, search The Frequency49 Show. It's time to say goodbye, Kev. Goodbye, Kev. On behalf of Kev Nail and I've been Paul MacDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.